Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I'm your host, Kat Bean Hansen. Welcome. We're glad you're here. For this week's message, which was originally given on February 14th, 2021, Pastor Emma Peterson delivers a message for Valentine's Day. What the world needs now is love. Friends, we are gathered here on this frigid February morning to recognize and examine three separate but intertwined events. It is, of course, Valentine's Day. Valentine's is, as you may not be surprised to hear, one of my favorite holidays. While the day is generally reserved for the celebration of romantic love, I prefer to expand my heart outwards inviting and encompassing all expressions of love, platonic, romantic, collective, and divine, while also indulging in the commercialized aesthetic of the day. I love a wall decorated in red paper heart cutouts, pink streamers, and a liberal amount of, gl- liberal amount of glitter. And my partner, Skylar, knows that. So when I came downstairs this morning, This was the banner that they had hung, and there are other decorations around the house that are really just for me, so I won't take you on a tour. I love the sweet indulgences of this holiday. The chocolate-covered strawberries, boxes of chocolates sconced with red velvet and gold ribbon, and the indulgent couples' dinners, rare steaks and lobster, whatever else feels romantic and at least a little bit over the top. And I love the sappy notes and the teddy bears and the fancy red dresses. If Valentine's Day is actually a conspiracy invented by Hallmark and Russell Stover, consider me fully conned. Now, please don't misunderstand me. My love of this day is essentially a fantasy. I've spent many a Valentine's Day single the person delivering the pizza I ordered, my only potential romantic prospect. And I've spent the day heartbroken or disappointed or mostly just anticipating February 15th when all of those heart-shaped boxes of chocolates suddenly are 60% off. And yet, as a person committed to loving the whole of this broken world, a day that celebrates love in even its most cliched forms, is a day I'm thrilled to celebrate. Plus, it's February, and it's freezing, and Christmas is far behind us, and spring is far ahead of us, and I am all in for anything warm and fuzzy enough to thaw our frigid hearts. February is also Black History Month. The fact that February is the shortest month of the year and that Black people need a month of their own that focuses on their collective history because the other 11 months are are devoted to the dominant historical narrative. The white and the male is not lost on me. 
We are a congregation committed to racial justice every month of the year. And yet we ourselves often forget to uphold and listen to the voices of people of color. We like so many well-intentioned white people fail to sustain our commitment to good allyship because the relentlessness and the might of cultural white supremacy feels at times too strong to ever dismantle. Black History Month is not only a celebration of the richness and resilience of Black Americans, it is also a reminder of how far we have yet to go. It is a reminder of our tendency to downplay the atrocities committed against people of color in favor of upholding palatable stories of triumph and heroism. Rosa Parks becomes the only woman who ever sat down on the bus because the truth of the young girl who sat before her, 15-year-old Claudette Colvin, was that the movement, and these are her own words, found her too militant. They wanted someone more mild and genteel. Celebrating Black history in a way that softens the forces of violence systematically imposed on people of color, that dismisses the anger and trauma of Black bodies, is not a celebration of Black history. Just like a Hallmark card and a box of chocolates is an empty gesture if foundations of love and mutual respect and commitment are not in existence in the relationship from the start. And just like the phrase beloved community is an empty platitude if our community does not commit to acting from a place of love of the whole, not only the concerns of the individual. For Unitarian Universalists, February 2021 focuses on beloved community. What it is, how to, how to build it, and how to protect it. I can only imagine that the creators of the UUA worship materials were aware of the origins of the phrase beloved community, that it comes straight from a both universalist theology and the civil rights movement. I myself was not aware of this, and I thank Karen Impala for the tip as I was writing this message. To understand how we as a congregation can lean into functioning as a beloved community beyond just calling ourselves one, we need to understand what the phrase first meant. The intentional use of the phrase beloved community was first coined by philosopher and theologian Josiah Royce, and then popularized by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Josiah Royce, born in 1855, was an American philosopher and the leading proponent of absolute idealism, a metaphysical impression of the world, which states that all aspects of reality, including things that seem to us contradictory or personally disagreeable, are ultimately unified in the thought of a single all-encompassing consciousness. Reality is comprised of an infinite community of minds capable of independent thought, but ultimately and inextricably interconnected. 
Community, Royce believed, actually comes before the individual. Because without communal support, the individual may be unable to interpret their own internal consciousness. Beloved community is the ideal that supersedes the basics of natural community. It is similar to the Christian belief in, the, in bringing about the kingdom of God on earth, the unattainable ideal we are all called to strive towards in, attempt, in an attempt to bring even just a sliver of divine harmony down here on earth. It is the ultimate in the now and the not yet, a dream for what the world can become if we all commit to the work of the collective good. For Martin Luther King, beloved community centered on the belief that racism, bigotry, and prejudice will one day be overcome by, quote, an all-inclusive spirit of sisterhood and brotherhood, and that poverty, hunger, and homelessness will not be tolerated because international standards of human decency will not allow it. For King, Beloved community was the global goal of collective harmony. As explained by the King Center, the memorial institution founded by Coretta Scott King to further the goals of Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. King's beloved community is a global vision in which all people can share the wealth of the earth. In the beloved community, poverty, hunger, and homelessness will not be tolerated because international standards of human decency will not allow it. Racism and all forms of discrimination, bigotry and prejudice will be replaced by an all-inclusive spirit of sisterhood and brotherhood. Beloved community recognizes the inequities within our society and moving beyond the comfort and the success of the individual seeks to make life better for all people, regardless of race, social status, or income. For both King and Royce, beloved community was global, stretching across the whole of humankind, fueled by our inherent interconnectedness. And so for us, as the body of Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalist, our beloved community functions as a microcosm of what we might hope to create in the world. Beloved community calls us to move past our individual desires for the good of the collective. And friends, I must admit, it is challenging to talk about the ideals of beloved community when COVID has isolated us all so utterly. We are now nearing the year anniversary of this new lived reality. We have witnessed some of the most selfish and individualistic behaviors from others, while the inequities of the world blare in our face. We know that this pandemic and its resulting economic fallout have disproportionately impacted the poor, the disabled, and people of color. And we know now, as vaccines begin to trickle into our own state, that these inequities continue to hinder our collective ability to heal. 
Beloveds, I understand that we are all exhausted, that we are all frustrated and angry and burned out and sick and tired of staying home and away from our loved ones. But we must remember that this pandemic will not be quelled until each and every one of us is equally protected. As the science stands now, it seems that a vaccine only protects the individual who has received it. It appears that even fully vaccinated people can still potentially transmit COVID to others who are not vaccinated. It appears that the, and we know that the rollout itself has been rife with its own failures. Information is scarce and registering for an appointment for a vaccine, if you are included in Iowa's first tier, is as frenzied as a gas station counter when the Powerball reaches an all-time high. I am by no means suggesting that you pass up an opportunity to be vaccinated yourself. The best vaccine you can get is the one that's available to you. What I am urging you to do is to remember that your single vaccination is simply that, a single vaccination. It does not protect your unvaccinated spouse. It does not mean that you are free to enter any store you please without a mask. It means that you at present are in a population of an incredibly privileged few. As the Jewish American poet Emma Lazarus said, until we all are free, we are none of us free. Beloveds, please do not mistake your privilege for freedom. Please do not cease your efforts when you are protected, but rather make every possible effort to extend those same protections to every member of this beloved community. Nothing has brought me more joy in these past few weeks than the flood of Facebook posts from people I love smiling and flashing their first and second round vaccination forms at the camera. Every single vaccination is a clink in the bucket, and it is my deep hope that the momentum will grow and soon all of us will have access to the reopening of this hibernating world. This week, a, per a particular story inspired me above all others, and with her permission, I'm going to share it now. A few days ago, our very own Flora Lynn went to Walgreens to pick up a prescription. Well, there, she asked the pharmacist why she couldn't get through the online vaccine registry. Every time she tried, she said the site was crashed or there were no appointments available or appointments that were available would disappear faster than she could schedule them. The fact that the majority of vaccine appointments need to be registered for online is yet another equity issue, but I digress. The pharmacist told Flora Lynn that they actually had extra vaccines that day, and did she want one? Of course she wanted one, Flora Lynn replied. She made arrangements to come back in a few hours. And then Flora Lynn realized she had friends that also needed the vaccine. 
And so maybe the pharmacy could vaccinate them too. And thus started off a small chain reaction. Floralyn was able to secure vaccines for several friends, one of whom who had a car that wouldn't start, so Floralyn offered her a ride. And another who is 89 years old without access to the internet. Floralyn understood that more, that, that more than just her needed the vaccine for it to be most effective. We aren't all protected until we are all protected. Any opportunity to extend beyond yourself to help someone else draws the circle of protection wider and wider. Beloved community is all inclusive. Beloved community is more concerned with the collective good than it is with individual comfort. Beloved community is a commitment to bringing about the best possible world for all creation. Beloved community does not sacrifice any one person at the expense of the whole. Beloved community leaves no one behind. Beloved community refuses to witness the suffering of others and do nothing. Beloved community upholds the inherent worth and dignity of every person while recognizing, while recognizing our interdependence and our interconnectedness. Beloved community celebrates our collective web and strives towards collective liberation. It is justice-centric, reconciliatory, and brimming with grace. Today is Valentine's Day, a day we, when we can express our unabashed affections for one another. And this is the month when we are pushed beyond the superficiality of paper hearts and cupcakes towards an enduring ethic of agape, the kind of love that supersedes romantic love or filial love, the kind of love that is all-encompassing, divinely rooted, and ultimately revolutionary. We aren't all free until we all get free. May it become so because we make it so. Amen and blessed be. This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www.cedarvalleyuu.org. And you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. We welcome visitors to attend our online services on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to learn more about joining us for a service, send us an email at cvuupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.